Hi there. I'm Jen Hale Christie, and you're listening to Preach Her. This podcast is designed around the reality that many of our churches are shrinking because we haven't created a place where everyone can belong. So if you're seeing that reality in your own church, or you've experienced that and left the church or never even went, this podcast is for you. Welcome. Have you heard about our Patreon community? It is an awesome way to join me and others in this good work, whether you want to support women preachers and make sure that this work continues, or if you want to actually partner with me and have direct input, like you want to have a 30 minute phone call with me every month, or you want to join the sermon prep team, or you want to come and visit my family um, in Portland and help produce an episode. There are opportunities for you to engage at whatever level feels good for you. And everyone who's in the community gets access to our monthly letter um, delivered to your inbox at the end of every month. So click the link in the show notes and let me know what you think. Welcome to season three, episode 10. I'm your host, Jen, and today I'm sharing a message from Acts 8, verses 26 through 40. Remember that in our last episode, Stephen was stoned, or rather lynched by an angry mob. There's one other brief story um, in the chapter about um, a magician named Simon, and I'll just make a quick mention of him later. So here is our text from Acts 8, verses 26 through 40, and this is from the NIV, the New International Version. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, and on his way, he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of the Candace, which means queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and on his way home was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. The spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you're reading? Philip asked. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. This is the passage of scripture that the eunuch was reading. Quote, he was led like a sheep to the slaughter and as a lamb before its shearer is silent. So he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, Tell me, please, who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, here's water. What can stand in the way of my being baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away, and the eunuch did not see him again, but he went on his way rejoicing. Philip, however, appeared at Azotus and traveled about, preaching the gospel in all the towns until he reached Caesarea. The Word of the Lord. God, you have spoken to our forefathers and our foremothers through the ages, in specific and vague ways, with signs and wonders, and with everyday events that we see with spiritual eyes. God, as you have spoken, we ask you to speak today. May we have ears to hear a word from you. May our hearts be open to the ways in which we still need refining. May our eyes be ready for the scales to fall so that we might see more clearly. And God, pour through me the gift of preaching that we might experience you today. Amen. So we've been staying in Jerusalem 
The Holy Spirit blows through powerfully at Pentecost. Numbers are multiplying faster than anybody can count. The apostles are preaching and healing and defending themselves before the religious establishment, before the authorities. The believers are sharing everything in common, providing for the needs of others and meeting daily for prayers and meals. But then Stephen is stoned. And that ushers in a period of great persecution. And this is a turning point where the church really moves outside of Jerusalem and into Samaria to the ends of the earth. We're told that wherever they scatter, they preach the word and they perform miracles. And Philip, who we remember was not one of the 12, he was one of those seven Greek men who's supposed to be caring for the widows. He has received the spirit and he goes down to Samaria preaching and healing people. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, he is restoring to wholeness those who have been possessed by evil spirits or unable to walk. Loads of people are believing in the good news of Jesus and being baptized by Philip. Then Philip gets visited by an angel of the Lord who gives pretty specific directions. Dear Philip, go south on a certain road, the one that goes from Jerusalem to Gaza. I mean, can you imagine like hearing that word from God? Go get on the five, the one that goes from Portland down to Reading. Um, okay. But I mean, what does Philip do? He just goes. We aren't told that he takes any time to think about it or consult anybody or even tell anybody or pack anything. He just goes. The details that are missing from this story really leave us with a lot of questions. Like, did the angel tell Philip why he was going or who he would meet or what to look for? Like, there's going to be a man in a chariot. So be sure to brush up on your Isaiah. Um, That's going to come in handy. Read through all the notes that you took in that um, evangelism class and definitely the cross-cultural communication class. You're totally going to use that stuff. The text doesn't tell us any of this. The angel just says, go, and Philip goes. And that's how it is sometimes, right? Sometimes the Spirit guides someone to do something and tells them why. You're going to get pregnant and give birth to the Son of God. Go into all the world, make disciples, you'll be my witnesses in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. But other times, we don't get to know the reason or the outcome. Go to the land I will show you. Philip doesn't get to know anything about anything. The angel just says, go. And we might imagine his eyes full of wonder as he ponders in his heart what this could mean and how God might use him. We can almost hear him whispering under his breath, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. And this actually stands in stark contrast to what we hear about a man named Simon in that in that previous story. And I definitely encourage you to go read it. It's, it's a really interesting one. So this is also in Samaria. We meet this man named Simon who he believes, he's baptized, and he follows Philip. Um, Peter and John hear really good reports, and they come to Samaria laying hands on all of these new believers to give them the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, being a famous magician, Simon sees this and he tries to buy the franchise rights so that he can also dispense the Holy Spirit. You know, like, hey, that's a cool trick. Teach me how to do that. I want to add that to my magical repertoire. But that is not how this works. You can't buy, manipulate, or control the Spirit of God. Instead, you listen and follow with openness and faith. And that is what Philip does. So he goes, he goes with eyes to see and ears attuned to what God is up to. He goes, he's walking along on this dusty desert road. We don't know if he's like a few yards in or 15 miles into his journey when the angel says, Hey, go to that chariot and stay near it. 
Well, that's a little weird, right? You want me to just go walk next to that guy in the chariot? The chariot that's obviously royalty, obviously not from around here. Like, that's not my people. What do you want me to do with that? But again, Philip doesn't ask questions. Here am I. He just listens and follows. He's open to God's spirit, to what God wants to show him. He literally runs to catch up with the chariot that, as it turns out, um, an Ethiopian official is riding in. And this Ethiopian official is a eunuch who has just visited Jerusalem and is reading from the prophet Isaiah. Um, okay. This eunuch is an official of the queen, so it's not too surprising that he's in a chariot and that he knows how to read, which remember, that was like super uncommon. Most people were illiterate. Anyway, he has a copy of Isaiah, which was probably not that easy to come by, especially as a Gentile. Remember, like people didn't have personal copies of scrolls. So he was presumably on personal business, okay? He was visiting Jerusalem as a God-fearer, where he wasn't even allowed in the temple because his body had been maimed. The message for him is, God might love you, but you can't fully be part of us. You're not all the way. You're not fully one of us. So he believes in God. He wants to believe, but I mean, who is this story in Isaiah about anyway? Is there anything for me here? He's reading from Isaiah about someone we call the suffering servant. And just a few lines earlier in the book of Isaiah, the prophet had been talking about the servant whose appearance was so disfigured and marred, people looking at him were appalled. As a eunuch, he must have seen himself in this story. And perhaps that's why he asked, who is this story about? You know, he's asking, is there anything for me here? The question is not whether God loves the eunuch. I mean, that part is settled. The question is whether Philip, as a representative of the church, will love and include and accept him, accept him fully. We're told that Philip shares with him the good news of Jesus. He starts right where the Ethiopian is, Isaiah 53. And we might want him to start with the law, the Torah, learning about Israel's history and rituals and regulations. Like, let's start at the beginning, right? Because we need to believe the right things. We need to know all the stories. We need all that knowledge and belief first. Because if you want to be part of this thing, even if only marginally, you got to know this stuff. But that's not what happens, That's not what happens in this story. It says specifically, Philip started right where the Ethiopian was, and he went forward from there. Did he worry about getting his exegesis and his interpretation right? Or did he just share about how we all search for and find ourselves in God's story? It doesn't really sound like he came in with like a how to come to Jesus tract or a plan of salvation. I wonder... Did he connect this eunuch with the suffering servant and with Jesus, helping the eunuch to see himself as part of God's story? Perhaps his rejection in Jerusalem, his inability to enter the temple, it's on the forefront of his mind as he's traveling back home. And as Philip shares with him the good news and shares how Jesus was also rejected in Jerusalem, he realizes that he actually is included in God's great story. He is fully accepted by Jesus, despite his physical alteration, his non-Jewish status, and his occupation. None of those things prevent him from identifying with the community of faith through Jesus. And since nothing is preventing him anymore, when he sees water, he enthusiastically declares that he should be baptized. 
Now he knows who the story is about. Now he sees himself fully accepted and welcomed into God's story. Already he believed, but he was only partially included. He couldn't enter the temple. He couldn't fully participate in the community of God's people. But Philip accepts him as he is and welcomes him fully into God's story and God's people. And as a sign of that, he wants to be baptized. He wants to identify fully with this emerging movement, the way. And I wonder, how often have we been Simon? We believe and we follow, but but we're really trying to grab and control God's spirit. We're distorting the message to make it say what we want it to say. We're using God language for our actions, saying that this is what God wants us to do or wants us to say, or this is a mandate from God, or we're using certain beliefs as a trump card. And I wonder who is out there on the fringes, who's out at the edges, who's, who is believing and questioning and wanting to be invited in. Who is out there that God has already accepted, but we as a community of faith have not yet fully accepted or embraced? To whom have we said, sure, you can be part of us, but you've got to clean up your act first. To whom have we said, I'm not saying that God doesn't accept you. It's just that like, you can't fully serve here. Like you can't serve at any level here because we have these rules, these practices. Who among us is sitting on the back row, metaphorically or literally gifted and called, but waiting to be invited in? Who would we see if only we had the eyes to see? If we too could open ourselves so fully to God's spirit, displaying the wonder and faith of Philip, What would we see God doing in our neighborhoods and communities? In what ways would our minds and worlds be blown open by God? Because this, what happened with Philip and the Ethiopian, it was radical. It was groundbreaking. Philip is millennia ahead of his time, and we still struggle with exclusion. You know, Peter gets the credit for including Gentiles, but Philip has already gone there with this eunuch from Ethiopia, the edge of the known world, literally taking the gospel to the ends of the earth as they knew it. In a world that was even more strictly ordered and segregated than ours today in America, they were blowing through these walls of division. In a world of prescribed requirements of ethnicity and lineage and gender and health, they said, God accepts you, and so do we, unconditionally. We don't hear much else about Philip, except that Paul stays at his house years later, and he's referred to as an evangelist who has four prophesying daughters. They, too, know who this story is about. Philip's legacy of faith is continuing through his daughters. And we see in the Ethiopian that if a foreigner who is ceremonially and permanently unclean can come to faith and be accepted, then anyone can. Everyone can. If he can find himself in God's story, then all of us can. So when we find ourselves struggling to understand God's word, wondering if there's something there for us, or doubting whether we will fully be accepted, we find assurance here. We find the unlikeliest of candidates becoming a follower of Jesus. 
And when we find ourselves in Simon's shoes, seeking to capture God's spirit, manipulating it for our purposes, may we instead look to the example of Philip, who had a posture of openness and listening, and who followed the Spirit's leading. Philip knew that this story was about him, but he also knew it was about the eunuch. He knew that God's story was for everyone without distinction. May we too be so bold as to proclaim our inclusion in God's story. And may we be so bold as to proclaim everyone's inclusion in God's story. And may we be so bold as to not simply give lip service to that, but to live it out in our communities. May we be a blessing to others, witnessing to and embodying the truth that they too, all of us, are part of God's story. May it be so. If today you find yourself on the outside, without a seat at the table or a voice in the conversation, may you lean into the truth that you're always welcome in God's community. If you are one who wears the name minister, pastor, elder, shepherd, or are otherwise known as a faith leader, may you extend God's yes to those you might have said no to in the past. May you be emboldened and encouraged to honor the space that God has already created for all. Let's build bigger tables together. If something in you was stirred today, reach out. Hearing from you really does help to shape the future of this podcast. You'll have the greatest impact and opportunities for engagement by joining our Patreon community by clicking that Become a Patron button on our page, patreon.com slash jenhalechristie. And I would love for you to connect with me on Instagram or LinkedIn or Facebook at Jen Hale Christie. Lastly, you would really help others to connect with this work if you would subscribe and rate and review us on iTunes. That's our show for today. Thank you so much for listening and I will catch you next time.